This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Charlie Harari Show. Great show coming up with you right now. Talking about the aftermath of Cruz's decision to withdraw from the campaign and what that means about us and the American people. Talking about the power of persistence and being different and why being different actually can get you further along than being same. And then speaking about the power of language. Just what calling somebody a nickname can do to them for the future. This is all coming up right now delving into current events to uncover relevant wisdom cover relevant wisdom this is the charlie harari show with charlie harari on the blaze radio network hello everybody and welcome to the charlie harari show thanks so much for listening really appreciate your time and attention so much to talk about with you today there's so much going on in the world of course the presidential campaign the circus as Showtime says it is. For those who haven't seen the show, The Circus on Showtime, it is, or at least it was incredible. Now all that stuff is, you know, they, they basically it was a weekly show, but it's for the most part irrelevant right now. But it really did show the circus aspect of running for president. It has been a roller coaster of sorts. And in many ways, the ride has slowed down now as Ted Cruz and John Kasich, but I think more importantly for this conversation, Ted Cruz pulled out, leaving the the election process down to two, Hillary Clinton and the Donald. And what that means for the American people. I want to talk a little bit about uh, my experience this week. I was privileged to actually go to my chocolate factory. I guess every Charlie gets a chocolate factory, and I have mine. And I didn't know about it until this week. This week I was in Dallas for a conference, and thanks to an incredible individual named Dom Theodore, I had the opportunity to go and visit the Mercury Radio Studios, the home of the Blaze, and meet Glenn and Pat and Stu and everybody there and it was Jerry took care of me it was just an incredible incredible day and actually had the opportunity to sit in the studio audience of Glenn's show so if you check out Thursday night it was a great show very honest that's one of the things that I think is unique about Glenn is that when you see him you are getting the man that you would get on and off camera Sometimes you see somebody and they're one way off camera and then those lights go on and they become a different way when they're on camera. And you could tell, right? You ever, you ever see someone stand up in public and they're just different? They're a little bit more like refined and polished and uh, the words choices and the way they stand. And yeah, the words may be better or worse, but it, you, you feel like, hey man, just be, be you, you know, or just tell me the way it is. And people don't realize that if you really want to be impactful... It's not about whether or not you can get the right word combination. It's whether or not you actually speak from your heart. You have to have what to say, but you have to say it in a way that really comes out in the most genuine spot. And i got to tell you, meeting Glenn personally and watching his show live, it's great to see an individual who, when those lights go off and the camera goes to break, he's not a different person. He's the same guy on and off the camera. 
And being in the show, he asked a question that I want to pick up on. And he asked the question to the audience. You can check it out. It was Thursday's show, his show at 5 o'clock. He asked the audience, he said, what do you know? What, did you, what have you learned about the American people after Indiana? You know, as many of you or all of you, I'm sure, know that Indiana was, I guess, the moment where the entire race and maybe the future of the country shifted. You, at that point, Cruz, and I think anyone who supported Cruz or anybody who was um, looking for a candidate but Trump sort of expected that we would ha- they would have some measure of success in Indiana and that would sort of take you to the convention. But that wasn't the case. Uh, Donald Trump won Indiana handedly and Cruz exited the race. And that prompted Glenn's question. What does now this reality teach you about the American public? And there were different answers into the crew, into the crowd, and I, I answered one. And I afterwards, when the show was over, I was outside. You know, you know, you say something, and you, you have, like, you know, a line in, or you say, you know, you answer a question, or you speak to somebody, and then you leave, and there's, like, a million more things you want to say, right? So... My response to his question that I want to talk to you today about is something that I think we need to think about very, very, very deeply, each and every one of us. Because if you really think about it, I know we've spoken about this before on the show, and I, I know it's going to be done at some point. You know, I think it's this is sort of coming to the end. We're going to learn a lot of lessons from the presidential elections because as we get closer to closer to November, it just becomes the the race of two individuals and less the, the large painting where you can take pieces of and understand. But I'm always shocked by the two people that are left. Well, I shouldn't say it this way. The one person left standing on one angle and the other side, the one person holding on. Because the way it really should be is Hillary Clinton sort of cruises herself into the nomination on the Democratic side, and there is another non-Trump candidate on the Republican side. And that's not what happened. In fact, the Sanders-Trump different campaigns, very similar in terms of their individual perspective of how to excite a base, right? Very pointing fingers. You know, you hear Bernie Sanders speak about the banks and Wall Street and all these people that are out there killing you and taking your money and, you know, robbing your bank and pillaging your community and, you know, all that stuff. And and people are like, yeah. And, And by the way, what's hysterical, I think, about the Sanders campaign is that half these people are college kids. Like, Really, like he's up there crying about the banks. These kids, like you know, all they know about banks is where they put mommy or daddy's credit card into a machine to get more cash to spend the difficult time of their life choosing between philosophy or sociology on Tuesday afternoon, so they have a good night, so they can go out and get drunk. I mean, we're talking about, and I'm all for college, but let's be real. Like, stop for a second. Like, these aren't the mo- the. There are. And I know there are a lot of people that have offered him sentences and not from college, but when you when you when you see him ra- derailing and you know railing against this sort of corporate America, and behind him are like you know 150 like you know 18 year olds going you know Bernie, I'm like really all right. But it, it's a message, and the message is: look over here to the person that's responsible for your for for the failures of your life. And then you cross the table and you see Trump doing the exact same thing. He's just pointing at different people. Right? He's saying it's the immigrants, he's saying it's the Muslims, and he's saying it's this, and he's saying it's that. And 
they're both just sort of pointing and saying, these are the people that is the reason why you are not where you need to be in life. Right? Isn't that like a lot of the rhetoric that you're hearing? It's the elites that are rigging the system. But guess what, folks? We are really the elites. It's the government sucking the money out of your pocket. It's, you name it. The reason why you don't have jobs is because China is raping us on the deal, and if we just tariff them, it'll be easier. This constant pointing fingers seem to be the rhetoric that you're hearing from the two most exciting campaigns on the trail. That's just, that's just how it is. And the fact that Bernie Sanders has any life shows just how powerful his message is on the left. And the fact that Donald Trump has basically knocked out every single other candidate, many of them were far more qualified to be president, shows it on the right side. And what does that say about the American people? And I think it, at first glance, it says, you know, things like we want, we're angry and we want to, you know, push responsibility and we may be very selfish and self-focused. It may say things about our ability to digest truth. I think there's a lesson there in terms of, you know, Donald Trump just says that, you know, uh, Ted Cruz's father is involved in JFK's assassination, which is complete and utter nonsense. And the way we digest media is we just hear stuff and we don't really check and it's sort of out there and it just stays out there and you just throw rumors out to people, just hit back by making stuff up. And by the time you go back and say, you're sorry, half the crowd already heard it, half of them already believe it and the damage is done. And you're seeing a lot of different traits of the American public coming out. But I think that the most important trait that you are seeing in the American public today is the trait of helplessness. What do I mean? Helplessness. Each and every one of us is built with an internal need to improve our condition. That's just how we are. Every one of us, every individual, you and me are built with this inner desire to make life better and to establish a certain litmus test, if you will, a certain stability of better. And then once that stability is established, to then make it even better. Society moves because of this need. Because if it didn't, we would all be still, you know, riding around in horses. Because there was a need from society to move past horses to cars. and Or to trains, let's say. And then to cars. And then to planes. And then to spaceships. There's, there's a need to move from, you know, writing to printing. To, there's a need to go further. There's this this societal and individual need. You know, you see the, the immigrant population and you watch them. And I know my father is an immigrant and I watch his work ethic 24 hours. And he's just nonstop. He has this need to provide for his family so that their life is better than his. There is a need that we all have to improve our life's condition, to relieve ourselves of pain, to give our children, to give our loved ones a life where they are not struggling in the ways that we struggle. 
What, what gives a parent, if you're listening to this right now and you have a child, what gives you more pleasure than knowing that you've provided something for your child that's going to make his or her life better than yours? No? How many parents are spending every waking second trying to provide for their kids? Sometimes too much. That's a whole other discussion. But the need to improve our condition is essentially human. Now, here's what happens. When we're young, we all walk through the world and assume that that need is possible to be fulfilled. Right When you're little and you're trying to crawl or you're trying to walk or you're trying to learn a language or you're trying to get through your math class or you're trying to get the lollipop, whatever you're trying to make the basketball team, whatever you're doing, you're being moved and motivated by the fact that you could do it. Right, You can make the team. You can crawl to get what you want. You can you know, get, that, get that girl. There's something that you can get. And so the driver of this unfulfilled need is the thought, the belief that I can actually change my future. That I can actually change my future, in my opinion, is the American dream. If you would go into my personal dictionary in my head, not sure how you'd get there, but we can work that out later, and you would type in, in my head, the American dream, it would equal the ability to get your dreams fulfilled, to improve your condition. That's it. Because that's what America is. America is a land that has told people since its inception, come to my shores. I will not get in your way. I will not put you in a land and then tariff and tax your work so that you can feed the belly of some feudal lord. I will not put you in a system where your leader is just born to the leader above him who's born to the leader above him. I will not engulf you in political tyranny. I'm going to give you the opportunity to come to the shores of our great country and to explore and to be industrious and to come up with ideas and to try them and to fail and to get up. You know, even the concept of bankruptcy in America today, which is such an incredible idea. You know, today you can declare bankruptcy. You know what that means? That means that your company could owe people money. Declare bankruptcy, go to the courts, and then be relieved of paying that money. That amazing, and then get back into business. Why? Why would that ever be okay? Why don't we just take you to the back and break your legs? Why don't we just say you can never? Why would we trust you with more money? Why would we allow you to function in society when you owe people money? Because it was founded on the belief that we make mistakes and we mess up. And to give people a chance, even when they failed, is the engine of that need being fulfilled. That is essentially what America is about. The land of opportunity. The land of promise. When my parents and grandparents came to the shores of this country, they all came with that same way of thinking. This is the place that we can be free. 
We're not going to run, we're not going to get sort of pigeonholed because of our race or because of our religion. We're not going to be put into different places. We are going to have the chance to become who we could be and help ourselves. We may get help from the government. We may get a little bit of assistance. We may ease our burdens a little bit when times get rough. But at the end of the day, America is powered on the backs of the desire of the individual. Now, this all only works if the individual believes one thing. One thing. If you don't believe this, you don't got a shot. Whatever you got going on in your life, if you don't believe this one truth, you cannot in any shape or imagination make this happen. What is this one thing? We'll talk about it when we get back. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Delving into current events to uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800 215 That's 800-215-0465. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Talking about what is it that is essentially American, the dream, the American dream, and that dream is the ability to fulfill our need to make our lives better than it was yesterday, to make the future better than the past. I think that's it. The need to make the future better than the past is the American dream. So what is it that we need to make that happen? And there's only really one thing. And this is very, I'm going to say it like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I say it, you're going to dismiss it, and you're going to dismiss it because you think it is simple. It is simple. But remember, some of the most difficult concepts in the world to implement are simple to understand. Here is one. The only thing you need to fulfill your dreams is the belief that you can. That's it. Believing that you can, that belief, that intangible belief that you can do something is the greatest force to actually making that thing come true. And if you look at some of the greatest leaders, if you look at some of the greatest individuals, if you look at some of the greatest innovators and entrepreneurs and politicians and leaders of the past hundred years, you will find nothing in common from one to the other. You will not see somebody who was rich and only rich. You will see rich and poor. You will see smart. You will see uneducated. You will see backgrounds from every part of this country. But you will see the same thing in every single person. You're going to see people with the belief that they can. That's it. They believe they can. And that belief that you can is the driving force to keep you up late at night, to push harder, to put, to move yourself and to learn new trades and to learn new skills. You know, 
My grandfather came to this country and he was persecuted when he was back where he was in Eastern Europe. And he was a, um, a, a horse and buggy driver. That's what he does. He was doing transport with horses and buggies back in, you know, when he was a kid. They didn't have, tr- he didn't, at least in his town, they didn't have trucks. So they used to, tra- that's what he did. And he was 18, 19, 20 years old. And 21, he came to this country with nothing. And he found that there was a job open at a butcher. He taught himself how to be a butcher. He just taught himself new jobs as his world adapted because he knew he could create a life for my parent, for my mom, and my mom's sisters better than he had one himself. The idea of learning new things and adapting and growing and trying comes from that intangible belief that you can that you can. The minute you think you can't, the minute you you allow that limiting belief to get into your mind, the minute you think that your life is doomed, your marriage is doomed, your children are never going to be what you want, every the minute you allow that belief to set in, you are essentially destroying that dream from coming true. The dreams don't get destroyed when the world says no. The world saying no is just how dreams are made. They're made, it's like an engine. You never see like an engine, it's like the pull and the push of an engine. The way dreams are made is in the pull and the push of the world saying yes and no and no and no and no and no. And you saying yes and the world saying no. And you saying I want this and the world saying no. And you're saying I want the job and the world saying we don't have a job for you. And you pushing and the world pushing back. That's the healthy progress of humanity. Because if everyone, if every idea you had would be a yes, <laughs> there'd be a bajillion things happening, right? That's not how the world works. The way the world works is that only the few will make it through. That when you make it through, your ideas, your thoughts, your job, your life has to be tested, has to be honed, has to be crafted, right? That your pencil needs to be sharpened, and so the the constant nose is how you sharpen. Look at every great person; you're going to see a life of no's, of no's, of fighting, of losing. You know, on, on, on the, the plane down to Dallas, I saw a movie um, called Pawn Exchange. It was the story of Bobby Fischer. Now, Bobby Fischer was a kid that was born with an ability to play chess that nobody else could dream of. And even in his upbringing, although he was so young when he did it, he had all these rejections and all these games he lost and all of that stuff. And you see, even to the extent in which he was so successful, that success, the the lack of no's, if you will, only went to hurt him. And so what you find is no is okay, but when you believe that you can't, that's when it's over. It's over when your will breaks. That's it. You shatter. When your will breaks, that's when the game is over. And what I am seeing around the country are individuals that have in some part, in some form, maybe given up. Maybe in some way there's a brokenness in which people don't believe that they can. They don't believe they have the capacity to change. They got laid off at work and they don't know that they have the skills 
or even said better, the will to learn new skills, to get employment that is different than what they had before. Jobs are being shipped overseas. Industries are being replaced by computers. People are, are don't want things that they wanted 10, 20 years ago. And the world is shifting underneath the feet of so many people. And there is a sense that we're not good enough anymore. We can't. Maybe we're hopeless. Maybe we're broken. Maybe I can't make my life better. Maybe my parents had a better life than I have. Maybe the world is only getting harder and worse. I think that may be what we're feeling. When we come back, we're going to talk about just how that feeling has, over the course of history, led to madmen, if you will, come into power, and just how that feeling may be the reason why the elections are the way they are. This is Charlie Harari. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. Draw nigh and be heard. We have all had our hearts broken. Those of us who care, you know what? There are plenty of people walking around. Plenty more than there are of us. Don't forget, there are plenty more than there are people such as we who are walking around oblivious. They don't know what happened Tuesday night. They don't know who entered or left the race. What race? Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Welcome Radio back to the Charlie Network. Harari Show. Great to have you on talking about the power of will and what that does to support and sustain the American dream. The dream is the ability to make your life better. The dream is to make the future better than the past. But what generates, what drives that dream is the ability for each and every one of us to believe that the future will be better. Hope drives the dream. Belief in oneself drives the dream. And we're living in a country right now where I think, and in some point, I do blame the government. In some points, the government has not responded well enough. The corruption that's going taking place in Washington right now, the, the amount of people that we've trusted to run our country that have come back empty-handed, the stories that we hear of corrupt politicians... I mean, go from city to city, from state to state, and you're hearing about kickbacks and bribes and and intimidation and corruption. You hear about congressmen and senators that have lost their souls. You've heard about people making trades or blocking things or supporting things because of politics, not because it's good for the country. And what you're finding is a country that in some ways has left its simple, regular citizens in the dust. And that has led us to something. It has led us to a certain amount of brokenness, hopelessness, helplessness. We lack the belief that us as individuals can change our life. That's it. Do you believe that you and you alone can be the driving force 
to a better life than you have right now? That's the question. Ask yourself that question right now. Do I believe in my core that I can be the driving force to a better tomorrow? Because if the answer to that is no, then in some point, part of me is broken. Now, I may need help. I may need a team. I may need assistance. I believe at my core that the reason why God created a man and woman to come together to have child, that sounds very biblical saying that, right? Man and woman coming together to have child is because he wants us to learn that greater things happen with teams. That's my opinion. He could have had us had kids in a lot of different ways. And if you look at it to the animal kingdom, the way they procreate is very different than human beings. I think it is all based on one thing, and that thing is this comprehension and appreciation for the power of the unit. So yes, you need people, but it's a driving force within that my future could be better than it is today. If you don't feel that in your core, you start to look around for people to blame. Simple, right? You see a kid, kid doesn't has a bad grade, right? Kid's studying for a final. You have children, look at them. If you're still young enough to remember this, think of yourself. Study for a class. When you're studying for the class, you're thinking, I can do it. I can do it, right? You're not blaming anybody. You're working. Then you get a bad grade. What's the first thing you do? What's the first thing you do? You blame somebody. I can't believe how hard it was. It's so hard. You know how hard it was? I heard everybody failed. Oh, ridiculous. This teacher gives hard tests. She didn't teach the material. He wasn't a good professor. My parents, I'm so dumb. God's problem, right? I never studied hard. It was too loud in the house. The first thing we do once we become hopeless and helpless is look for someone else to blame. And the reason is because the essential human trait is to be a a, a driving force in our future. If we don't believe that we can make a difference in our future, we lost a bit of our humanity. And we don't want to lose our humanity. We will do anything not to lose our identities and our humanity. We will do it's called cognitive dissonance. In our minds you've got two separate ways of thinking and one is I can't create and control my future. What is wrong with me? And so the only way to alleviate that pain, that mental pain, that shame is to divert it, to blame somebody else. It's not my problem. You know whose real problem it is? That's why it happened for. If you really want to know what happened, look to my left, because it's those people. That's why I failed. That is it. If you look around to why Trump and Sanders are growing so much, it is because we're broken. As a people, we're broken. It's, it's taken decades I won't say decades. It's, it's it's taken years. It's been over a decade, I would say. Remember, we're in 2016. Just to talk, just let's talk straight for a minute. 2006, life was. I mean, we were going through the roof in 2006. Do you remember 2006? We were getting mortgages with no money down. People were just buying. It was just people were psychotic. 2000, the bankers, the. The whole system collapses in 08. We almost basically lose our economy in 08. It is a domino effect, and but for the grace of God, I believe we are we we did we did not sink into a depression. And it, it's been almost it's been eight years, and we're still not out of it. And we go up and down. You know, we've got better months, and but we're still stuck in this lost decade, if you will. 
as the because we're trying to climb out of the crisis, and we can't get there. We can't get there. The government didn't pass enough legislation. There wasn't enough opportunity. The world, whatever the reasons are, there is a sense of I just can't get there. And as a result, I'm working so hard for the same amount of money, and I don't feel like I have what it takes. And after a decade, basically it's not to blame him. The, I mean, whatever, we can blame him later, but not in this, in this moment. The entire Obama presidency has been a presidency that has, I understand, walked into to, to a mess, but has not been able to deliver a level of economic prosperity like any other presidency before. And so it makes sense that we're like this. It makes sense that we're a little broken. It makes sense that we're upset. And when that starts to get, to continue to, to knock away at us, at some point we look up in the mirror and go, I can't. I can't. That's why suicides are so high. That's why drinking is so high. Drugs are so high. Internet use. People are sitting for literally hours a day just sort of distracting themselves through any means possible. I mean, you go on a subway if you live in a urban city. Go, forget that, go anywhere you want. Go sit on an airplane and you will see everybody is distracted all the time. Everything. Ever, always. And that leads to something. We start to relinquish our abilities. We start to relinquish our individual power. We start to lose that divine uniqueness that made us an incredible three-year-old that was taking over the world, that made us this a, you know, powerful seven-year-old that was so filled with promise, that made us this eighth grader that had all these high hopes. The the world has slowly sucked it away from us, and it's a harder life. And we make a choice. Do we fight back and be better? Or do we give in and give up? And at my core, I believe that what we are seeing today is millions of people giving up. They're giving up. They are allowing themselves to think that the source of their problems is somebody else. They will take the rhetoric of anybody that can scream the loudest at an enemy. And I'm not comparing him to, to Hitler at all. But if you just go back a couple of years, you will find that the world, Germany was in economic turmoil when Adolf Hitler came out and decided that we have to bring back, we have to make Germany great again. It's uncanny. Again, I am not comparing him to Hitler. I think Hitler was a entirely evil man. I don't think Donald Trump is evil. I think that he is just self-focused. Hitler was evil. But even so, he used the economic downturn that Germany was going through after World War I and blamed the Jews and blamed certain of, of the people around him and blamed certain countries and used it as a way to proclaim an Aryan race which was basically make Germany great again. That's what it was, right? It was focused back on the greatness of Germany. And he rose and he was strong and he was yelling and he was tough. And you know what happened? They bought into him. Because it feels good to blame somebody else. And you know what? When you're struggling, and I don't mean to 
take away from the pain of that person who was working in a job that he was able to depend on for years to feed his family to wake up one morning and say, I'm so sorry, moving you out. I don't want to do that. It's, it, you know, sometimes you'll see you know, real estate developers come in and knock out little guys. And, 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 and you're looking back and going, some guys are, okay, are, are bad, but many times you see development, it's good for the community. Technology is good for the community. The fact that we're moving towards certain levels of technological advances, it's good for the community. Why would you want to have 10 doctors and nurses in a room when a computer can do it better? When Yes, we want these things. You know, No one wants to have people replaced until they need the machinery or they need the, the efficiency that it's being replaced. Everyone who was taking care of horses and cleaning up their manure during the 1900s was out of a job when the, the cars started coming. And of course, progress will replace people. But at the end of the day, people are not replaceable. So it's hard when you first get that. And it's hard when you first deal with it. And it's hard when you go through your life and you wonder and you go, where can I turn for my hope and my, and my, and my, my prosperity? But when you turn to somebody that will allow everybody to point fingers. That makes you feel good for the, the day, uh, six months and a year, but does it solve the problem? No. But we got what we got. That's what it is. We make the bed, right? And we, we get to lay in the bed that we make, and that's the truth. And Hillary will probably beat him at the end because she was so much better organized and she was so much further along the way. And he, frankly, isn't as good of an orator or a showman as a Donald Trump. But at the end of the day, we've casted our vote. The majority of the country casted a vote for people that will blame others as platforms. And we're an incredible people. And I believe it's because deep down we think that we can't do it ourselves. We can't change our lives. We can't change our family. We can't really do it. And so as soon as somebody comes in and does it for us, it'll be a lot easier. And I think that is a short-sighted way of doing it. You know who is the number one person, believe it or not, as crazy as this may be, as crazy as this may sound, you know who's the one person that shows us the opposite? This is, and I'm going to say something and be like, what? I didn't think you were going there. Well, I'm going there. And you'll be like, that doesn't make any sense, but stick with me. You know, when we come back, we're going to talk about it. When we come back, we're going to talk about the one person who is so much in belief that he and he alone could do things that it is exactly what he is playing on to the rest of the world. You may have guessed who that possibly is, but if you didn't, stick with me. And if you did stick with me, this is Charlie Harari. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's more than just events. It's what they mean to your life. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari. The Jeff Fisher Show. So a couple of million dollar ideas came out. One from our very own Glenn Beck, the bathroom store. Right, We're having such a big deal about the bathrooms. And how about that, huh? You pay to use the private bathrooms. Within his little talk of bathroom store inside malls, his idea was that malls will be dead in 10 years. People are buying things online or separate stores or what have you. What else could you use the malls for? Oh, I know. Drone Racing. The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network.
Delving into current events to uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari. Welcome back to the Charlie Harari Show. Speaking about the power of belief, belief in yourself, the belief in what you can do, and the belief in the American dream. The American dream is the dream of making your future better than it is than, than your past. And if you don't believe in that dream and believe that you and you alone can be the driving force of that dream, you will allow other people that can scream and yell and point and blame to become the leader and to become your head. And that is a dangerous proposition. And if you look at somebody who has been, for better or for worse, the proponent of this theory, I would look no further than Donald J. Trump. Look at what Donald Trump did. Okay, Donald Trump joins the race and everybody, and I mean everybody, snickered and smirked and said he is never going to make it. I don't know of one pundit that when he showed up said, well, this is going to be the nominee. And every single fancy, schmancy, huge degrees, important, massive word using brilliant individual sat on the TV and pontificated as to why Donald Trump is a joke, including the President of the United States. And yet, the only man I think that believed in Donald Trump was, you guessed it, Donald Trump. Now, it could be because he's delusional. It doesn't matter for now. He actually believed that he could. Now, he may did it in the beginning as a little bit of a stunt, but there are a lot of stunts. And me and you aren't running for president because we don't believe we could be president. He actually believed that he can be the president of the United States. And then when the world, and I mean the world, you see, you're forgetting in the beginning when he first started running and everybody was against him. Now, people are now getting behind him. But when he first started running, he had certain group of people that were behind him. But he said some things that were so outlandish early on that everybody... Do you remember in the beginning when he had a rally in Arizona and a bunch of people from Arizona showed up? Do you remember that? And then John McCain was like, you know, he made a comment about who comes to his rallies. And he said that he wants to really vote for a real war hero. And John McCain's not a war hero because he got away. Do you remember that ridiculous comment early on in his campaign? Okay, everyone's like, okay, stop. It's over. The only person that really thought that Donald Trump had a chance of winning was Donald Trump. His persistence. And I sometimes, when I watch, let's say, when I used to watch those Fox debates. Do you remember those debates? Remember how fun they used to be? And there was one debate that I got to tell you. And you know, to call a spade a spade, you got to you know, you got to give the man a credit where credit could be due. And to to after at that debate, it was Ted Cruz and Rubio were still in the game. And Kasich was like you know the referee in the corner, and they were just destroying Donald. They were destroying him. They were. It was just a nonstop. You know, it was a a, a, a a match. It was like a it was like you know, schoolyard punching, and they were both teamed up against Donald. And the match, the the match, the debate was over, and they interviewed Donald Trump, and he said he said he said I actually enjoyed that. I'm like watching TV, going what? And I'm trying to look at the screen to see if he's lying. It didn't seem like he was lying. He probably did enjoy it. He probably didn't even let it penetrate him. I remember going to bed that night thinking to myself like, for all that I don't like about this man. I wish I had an ounce of his toughness of skin. He believed in himself. 
the world didn't, and he basically kept on pushing anyways. Because sometimes success is being the last man standing when everybody else is pulled down. In a crazily weird way, he exemplifies what we should be. If we really took Donald Trump and his determination and his belief in himself seriously, we would never vote for a Donald Trump. Right? We would never vote for a man that would blame other people. If Donald Trump would run on a platform of Make America Great Today and speak about how much each of us are empowered, that's a different story. But he's not. He's taken his personal power and using it to blame others. He is preying on the disempowerment of each and every one of us, but living on his own personal power. Do you see that? Is that incredible paradox? And we make a choice, every one of us. We choose. Who do we want to be like? Who do we want to act like? Do we want to be the person that is on the recipient end of the Donald Trump rhetoric as he points to a border and everybody cheers? Or just deep down, do you say to yourself, hey, wait a second, if Donald Trump can push himself and become president, well, then what does that mean for me in my life? What does that mean for what I can do? Can I be a great husband? Can I change my way of working? If Donald Trump could be the president of the United States, what does that mean for me and you in our lives? Can we work harder? Can we change our job descriptions? Can we adapt to a new economy? Can we can we push for personal happiness? Could we? This, in my opinion, is a lesson that we can take away from this crazy week. This week where our country may have just literally been driven off a cliff. And, and the changes that we need to keep America right will, will not be seen. This maybe can be the beginning of an individual journey that maybe the collective will leave us lacking. Because if you think for one second that he's going to become president and he's going to tariff China, he's going to put up a wall in Mexico and life's going to be hunky-dory, you are drinking too much Trump steaks Kool-Aid. You bought Trump vodka and the, and the business that, and, and, and it's out of business. But maybe the lesson here is that it's really the individual's journey. Maybe what we take out of this week is that the very thing that brought us here, if we can see it and fix it, could be the thing that actually takes us out of here. The very trait of brokenness and hopelessness that brought our country to basically electing or choosing as a nominee an individual whose platform is blame if we can just see it and realize that it is lacking in ourselves, we can then realize that maybe it isn't the government that we need. Maybe it is, is, it is ourselves that we need. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's my family. Maybe it's my community. Maybe it's my group of people. Maybe I can take responsibility for myself. Maybe I can push through. If Donald Trump, yes, by the way, try it for a week. I'll start a sentence with, if Donald Trump could be president, then I can, and fill in the blanks. And you will find that, that those blanks are basically filled in by anything in the world. And that could be a lesson that we all learn. 
something to take out from the headlines, something to take out from the news, the idea to push, to dream, to believe, to really, if you're an American, then you gotta hold strong to the dream. The dream is not solved by more handouts. The dream is not solved by blame. The dream is being solved by being the person that you are deep down meant to be. This is Charlie Harari urging you this week, don't be good, don't be great, reach for awesome, believe you can, push to see it happen, and start to become the person that each and every one of, each and every one of us knows that we can be. Thanks so much for listening, I can't wait to speak to you next week. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's not just about the facts. It's about perspective. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari.